Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. About this time, some years ago, someone came up to me and said, We trace our church back through different popes all the way to St. Peter who received it from Christ himself. This person obviously being Roman Catholic. Our church, he said, is 2,000 years old, where your church only traces itself back some 500 years to Martin Luther. Now, for as foolish as I am now, I was much more foolish back then, and this deeply troubled me. It's a big problem if our church only goes back some 500 years. It's a simple math problem, actually. Jesus was 2,000 years ago, and Martin Luther was only 500 years ago. 500 years only gets us a quarter of the way back to Jesus. And that doesn't get us Jesus, and that's a big problem. Because a church without Jesus doesn't really have anything to offer. I want nothing to do with a church that only goes back 500 years to Martin Luther. As wise as he was, he wasn't Jesus. And a church without Jesus, as I said, is worthless. Now before you pack up your things and march over to St. Aloysius, let's crack open the pages of Holy Scripture. St. John was lifted up by the Holy Spirit in a vision He was granted to see the heavenly throne room on the last day. In our first reading, St. John reports this to us. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. This is about our church. We possess this eternal gospel, and possessing it, we truly trace ourselves back directly to Christ. Not through popes or even through Martin Luther, but by the Holy Spirit himself back to Christ and to the Father. In our sermon today, we will see that we hear an eternal gospel. In John 8, we heard Jesus speaking to the Jews of his day. He told them that they in him would be free. But they responded, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? And we know that the Jews had in fact been in slavery before, multiple times, by multiple different people. Yet Jesus doesn't point them back to this slavery. And we are also in the same situation as Jesus' original hearers. Those Jews claimed to be free already, not enslaved to anyone or anything. And this is what we want to claim for ourselves. We are Americans after all. We live in the land of the free, the home of the brave. Yet Jesus' answer to the Jews applies also to us. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. St. Paul picks up on this in Romans chapter 3. For there is no distinction, 
For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That is, all those who dwell on earth sin. Every nation, tribe, language, and people. And if we sin, we, just like the Jews in our gospel lesson, sin. This is a huge problem too. Because elsewhere in Romans, St. Paul tells us that the wages for sin is death. According to Jesus and St. Paul, we are slaves to sin, and in true justice, we deserve a miserable death here and now. We are enslaved to sin. We need to hear some good news. We need to be set free. And we are set free. You are set free. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And later, the slave does not remain in the house forever, the son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The son has set you free. Right now. You are hearing, abiding in his word. You are his disciples. You hear the truth, and the truth is setting you free right now in your hearing. And just as St. Paul said that there was no distinction in the breaking of the law, there is also no distinction in the gospel For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. That is, all are justified by Christ's all-redeeming death on the cross. Just as all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, all are redeemed and bought back from slavery to sin in Christ's death on the cross. Christ's holy, precious blood, his innocent suffering and death are for all people. That includes you and me. How then? Does this come through almost 2,000 years from 33 A.D. to 2015 A.D.? Is it by gazing upon the bones of saints? Is it by visiting Jerusalem and kissing the stone onto which Christ's blood fell? Is it by giving enough money to the church? Is it by denying yourself all joy and happiness, leaving your family and devoting your life to prayer and self-flagellation? Is it by reflecting and meditating inwardly until you find your own inner peace? No, in none of these. None of these bring us back to Christ or Christ to us. Rather, St. Paul tells us this redemption from slavery to sin is to be received by faith. What do we receive by faith? God's true word spoken to you when your pastor says to you that though you are a sinner, you are freely forgiven in Christ's redemptive death on the cross. 
You receive it in baptism when God comes down to you and he said to you, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You receive it on your lips and on your tongue when Christ comes to you in a measly wafer of bread and a small sip of wine with his very body and blood to eat and drink for the forgiveness of all your sins. And all that All that makes you worthy of receiving these things is the faith that was given to you by God. Completely by grace. And so we are freed from slavery to sin. Not by our own deeds, works, or inner reflections, but purely out of grace that is received by faith. St. Paul then asks... Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law that is the teaching or the word of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. We have no room to boast. In fact, in the gospel we are free from boasting. We don't have to convince ourselves that we are free from the law or that we have kept the law ourselves because we're not saved by the law. We don't need to look to ourselves for any worth or contribution to salvation. We don't need to look to our perfect obedience of the law because it doesn't exist. We don't need to look to our own personal decision. We don't look to how much better we are than the other person. As a matter of fact, what we see when we look at ourselves is a miserable wretch who is enslaved to sin. But when we need to know of our salvation, we look to Christ. We hear an eternal gospel that frees us from our slavery to sin. As we confess in our hymn of the day, salvation unto us has come by God's free grace and favor. Amen. And this peace which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen.